No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> hey, everybody. He's Ron Burgundy. She's Veronica Cordingstone. I'm Brian Fantana. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Brick Tamlin. I'm Ed Harkin. She's Sam Kind. No, that ain't it either. We may not be the San Diego News team, but we are Vikings reporting through a Ted. Drewster, how are you? Hey, I like that fanny. <laughs> oh, Mr. Burgundy. Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Burgundy did it. I am. Anchorman tonight that we're yeah. doing a little, little football in a movie. I'm doing great, Ted Glover, and welcome everybody to episode 78. Yeah, welcome to episode 78 of Vikings Report. We got a lot to go over today. We're kind of a big deal. Yeah, people know us. <laughs> <laughs> I look good. I mean, real good. What about that flute scene when he's playing the flute oh. in that bar? <laughs> you play jazz flute? I dabble. No, no, pal. Okay, okay. I can't really. Okay, Come I guess on. I can play a little ditty. Honestly. I'm Come on. Give my hand. I'm not prepared. I really am not prepared at all. Yes! This is a surprise, I'll tell you. <laughs> I wasn't really planning on it as he pulls it out of, his, it out of his bucket. <laughs> we are at uh, six and one now? Yeah. Just like I called back in September after yeah. lost that Eagles game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. And here we are, 6-1. and one. Yep, by Goose and Goblin. We are 6-1, and one, and we are in first place in the north. We have like a 31-game lead. <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven. Almost, four and a half. Close enough. How are you doing, Ted Glover? I'm doing pretty good. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Pretty fired up about the start. Pretty fired up about our show tonight. We got a lot to go over. Ruby, how are you doing this evening? When in Rome, boys. When in Rome. Jesus, she's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> That's great. That's great. When in Rome. All right. Before we get going, once again, we want to remind you of a couple things. Purple Pain Forums is our official website for Vikings Report. Drew and Ted, purplepainforums.com. Great community with great people talking Viking stuff, off-topic stuff. They've got their own contest going on like we do. They've got their pick six every week. I'm not, I don't think I'm doing very well in that game this year, but, you know, whatever. We'll see. they got their Purple Paint accountability. They've got great original content from tremendous writers leading up to every game. they got a really in-depth game preview you won't find anywhere else. Depth chart analysis, just great stuff. A good place to go talk Vikings football without all that crap you see on, on some social media sites. Go check out purplepainforums.com. Funky Town and Dan Chat run a tremendous tremendous old school message board site i'm a really big fan of it it's illegal in nine countries won't you take me to <laughs> funky town <laughs> who wrote that who sang that ted oh, i don't know that would be lips incorporated it would be a funky town founded in uh, 1805 by german missionaries <laughs> purple pain forms founded in 1805 by german missionaries <laughs> what about I don't even know what diversity means <laughs> I think it's a wooden chip you're, you're incorrect that's not 
right at all. We also have our own website, vikingsreport.com. Go check that out. It's got a link to all our social media accounts on Facebook and on Twitter. It also has a link to our VR prize vault. We give away a prize every week during our live show with our good friend Christopher Gates. So purplepainforums.com and vikingsreport.com. We got a lot of stuff to go over tonight. We got some Vikings and NFL news. Trade deadline was this week. Vikings yeah. made a huge move. We got Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team. We got our Super Toe Challenge. We got our preview with the Washington uh, Commandos. I'm sorry, Commanders. What is their name now? What is it? The Washington Commies. No, Commanders. Washington Commanders. <laughs> you stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> um, after the preview, we got Drewster's Millions, and then we got the best trivia segment in the business uh, run by producer Ruby. I can't wait for it. But before we do that, Drew, what time is it? Ten. I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Don't immediately regret this decision and light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. News team, assemble. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Let's go, baby. Best opening in the business. I watch that every week and I think, somebody new tuning in is probably thinking, what in the hell kind of mushrooms are these guys on? What kind of weirdos are these two? Nothing to look at. Go back to work, everyone. Don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> Look, we like to kid around. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start out with Vikings news and NFL stuff as we do every week. And Drew and I, if you've watched the show for a while, we like to kid around and have a good time. But truly some tragic news earlier this week. Adam Zimmer, the, the 38-year-old son of former Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, was found dead. Shook the NFL. Once again, you know, there were some NFL offseason deaths that you just hate to see. And for Mike Zimmer, you just feel for the guy. I mean, when he was uh, the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati, his his wife tragically passed, went to the Vikings, had a lot. You know, he almost lost his eye coaching the Vikings, gave everything he had to the Vikes, didn't work out. And now on the, on the heels of all that, his son dies. I just, I, I can't express a heartfelt sympathies enough. My thoughts and prayers and well wishes just absolutely go out to the entire Zimmer family. It's just such a tragic thing. That's just horrible news. It is. Yes. It, you, you know, and, and to have to go through all those heartaches. Oh, I just, I, I same condolences to the Zimmer family. And, you know, I heard Tom Pelissero talking today about the outpouring of how much people really felt about Adam Zimmer and the, not only the media, but other coaches and players in the league. Everybody said the same thing, just a kind individual. And it's, it's just, such a sad thing such a young young age too i remember seeing him in that east west shrine game he was the head coach he got to coach that yeah. game he won that game and coming off the field he had a grin a mile wide he's so yeah. happy to win that and most people are thinking that's just an east west shrine game but he was fired up to win that game and i was i was happy for him and i'm very sad for the Zimmer family tonight. Just just a tremendous loss for the Zimmer family the NFL community and we hope they they are finding some kind of comfort and the accolades and the and the praise Adam's getting about how well liked and loved and respected he was. I, I know it, it doesn't stem the loss anymore, but if there's maybe some some comfort in that, I, I hope I hope they find it. I just just terrible terrible news. Um, rest in peace, Adam Zimmer. Now you know, and it's tough to segue from you know things in real life that really matter 
to football, but but we're gonna we're gonna try because you know we are a football show and we say stupid things and make dumb jokes. That's how I roll. We're a football show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and there there was a lot of news that transpired with the Minnesota Vikings. Let's get into it. So on Sunday, the Vikings thirty four twenty six went over the Arizona Cardinals. They had their first two. Fairly significant injuries of the year, I would say. Dalvin Tomlinson had a calf injury. Irv Smith Jr. got hurt. As the week has progressed, it, it turned into Dalvin Tomlinson going to be week to week with the calves. Calves can kind of be kind of a nagging thing, so I hope they, they take their time with it. But it doesn't seem tremendously serious like some injuries could, you know, like a hamstring that could just bother a guy for six, seven, eight weeks. Right. Or a knee injury. So that's good. I think out of injuries, that's probably about the best you could expect. Irv Smith Jr., the tight end we've all had so much hope and promise for since he was drafted four years ago out of the University of Alabama. High ankle sprain. And and they really weren't given a status. And they were kind of saying maybe week to week. And it's now earlier he was put on IR. Going to be out anywhere from six to ten weeks, depending on what tweet from what reporter you believe. So he's he could be out for the rest of the regular season, which sort of set up trade deadline day in the NFL. Did you see the Vikings making a big move? I did not. I think they're going to stand pat because of the injury situation with the team was really good. Yes. I mean, they've been, they've been one of the fortunate teams in the league that haven't lost a lot of, you know, like you said, Sunday was the first two really of the season. I thought they were going to stand pat because I thought Irv Smith was only going to be out a couple weeks. I didn't know about the 10-week stretch for the high ankle sprain. So I, I really felt they weren't going to make a move, but they did. And you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, I think it's going to be two or three weeks. But like you said, you got to get him healthy. We need that guy in there. Yes. The run defense is really picking up. We're doing well with that. So really is. The defense is kind of starting to come on. And it's never a good time for injuries. But just when it, it felt like, especially the run defense, like you said, was starting to sink. This Tomlinson injury is going to maybe set that back. We'll see how it goes. But we did make a move, though, Ted. Tell us about it. Made a huge move. I thought they'd make maybe a minor move, kind of get like a, a, a reserve guy just to shore up roster depth somewhere, maybe tight end with Irv's injury. But, you know, there's the, the saying, go big or go home. And the Minnesota Vikings went big and made a trade for Detroit tight end TJ Hawkinson. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. He goes from the gray and blue to the purple and gold. He goes from outhouse to six in one penthouse. He is now a member of Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook's what? offense with Kevin O'Connell pulling the strings. Now the trade deals are the Vikings got TJ Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick for a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. T.J. Hawkinson, he signed his fifth-year option with Detroit in the offseason, so he's under contract through the 2023 season, and he's scheduled to make $9 million, just over $9 million next year. What are your thoughts on this trade? Do you like it for the Vikings? Do you think they pay too much? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. When I first looked at it, I thought, you know, when it first came through the wire, I thought they might have a little bit pricey for me. But then as we talked during the day, you and I talked and talked about what we gave up and everything. And I, I kind of felt better about it. I feel like it was a good move now. I don't, I don't think it was too pricey at all. I think in terms of the player we got, I'm really fired up on it. Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips had a lot of plans for Herb Smith. I think he was going to be a big part of the game plan. Mm -hmm. And I think they were going to use him as like the hybrid, cut him out wide, let him run wide receiver routes, bring him inside. They had a lot of plans for using him as a weapon in the first seven games, it hasn't been there. No. He's been, he's been hurt, but 
None of that has come to fruition. I think Kevin O'Connell had big plans for the tight end position. And I think he doesn't want to sit on that, just say, oh, well, we can't do that now. I think he still wants to implement that big plan. And he wants a guy that can get it done. And this is the guy to get it done. I'm expecting Hawkinson to come in here once he learns the system. Hawkinson and shred. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to be a big weapon for us down the line. I did a draft right up on this guy. And he was my number one tight end when he came out. Do you remember off the top of your head how you had him graded out as a blocker? Ron, are you paying attention? Nope. Well, this concerns all of us. Okay. B plus to B minus blocker. Blocking is a tough thing from college pro to evaluate because they ask you to do a lot of different things in the pros than they do in college. But uh, you know what the big thing is with Hawkinson? It's his yards after catch ability. He's one of the best in football. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And that's something that I know Kevin O'Connell was looking for with Irv Smith and which doesn't have with Munt. Hawkinson can catch it and go. He is one of the top tight ends in the league. I think it's a great move for the offense. I think Hawkinson adds a, a dimension to the Vikings offense that, that they, they really needed because you mentioned Irv and, and Johnny Munt not living up to expectations from the tight end position. It takes pressure off of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You just can't blanket them now because if you leave a guy like TJ Hawkinson alone in the middle of the field, he will absolutely burn you. He has proven that he will burn you. Where we thought Irv Smith would, TJ Hawkinson actually will. And he's a good inline blocker. He's no Jim Kleinsaucer, don't get me wrong. But for a guy that is adept at catching the ball as he is as a tight end, I mean, usually those guys are, are sort of an either-or. They're either a blocking tight end sure. or, or they're a guy that can catch passes. He's pretty good at being able to do both. When you look at that trade, so the Vikings get a 2023 fourth, but they give up a 2023 second round pick. Now let's look at that for a minute. Detroit is one and six. Vikings are six and one. The chances of that Detroit pick being pretty high in the fourth round right. are pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. The chances of that second round pick that the Vikings gave Detroit are going to be pretty low in the second round. So if you really want to kind of split hairs and maybe spin this a little bit more in Minnesota's favor, you could maybe make an argument that they're swapping picks in the third round at the top and the bottom of the round. That's exactly right. Which I think makes this an even better trade for the Vikings because they get a proven player. They don't give up a first round pick to get him because Hawkinson was a top 10 pick, what, four years ago, wasn't he? Oh, sure. He was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. He was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Top 10 pick. And they didn't have to give up a first round pick. They're going to get a pretty decent pick in return for the compensation they had to give up in terms of positioning in the, in the draft order. I don't know how you can be upset about this trade. I'm sure there's somebody from the everybody sucks all the time nation. East that <laughs> nation doesn't like it. Think it's terrible. They're mad already. Let me tell you what else it does. Ted Hawkinson is going to open up a lot of stuff for Thielen. Yeah. Osborne and Jefferson. Yes. We didn't have that this year. Nobody was no defensive coordinator was game planning for our tight end. None of them were. Now you got to Hawkinson is a threat. I feel sorry for the defenses in this league that got to face us in the red zone. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. What about Hawkinson waking up one and six and at the end of the day, he's six and one. <laughs> that had to be quite the feeling, huh? He must be stoked. And one last thing I, I wanted to mention with this trade. Do you remember when the Vikings hired Quasi Adolfo Mensa, Drew, and he talked about this competitive rebuild? And he's like, look, trying to replenish the roster while remaining competitive and competing for the Super Bowl and playoffs and all that. This is a perfect example of that move, I think. You get a young guy on his first contract. They're going to have an opportunity to re-sign him. He upgrades a position immediately. 
Right. And you don't give up a huge ton of your future in terms of draft capital to get him. That's Quasi Adolfo Mensa money ball right there, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. <laughs> Remember we were talking back in February and March before we started all our all of our draft shows? You know, I was kind of thinking in my head, the Vikings are going to blow it all up. We're going to have a three-win season. Then we're kind of looking forward to 2023. Yeah. They didn't take that road. They took the other road. And I am really happy that they did that. I am too. And everything is paying off dividends right now. So far, so good. Yeah, it really is. Oh, look, I'll admit, I'm, I'm not going to shy away from my bad takes because... That's kind of how I live my life. It's just been one bad opinion after another. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. <laughs> I, was, I was very much on the re you blow it up and rebuild. I thought the Vikings initially made a mistake in re-signing Kirk Cousins and extending right. him. You and I really weren't happy, and, and we, we sort of thought it was going to be run it back with the same old guys, and they better hope that a coaching change and GM change is all the difference in the world. And you know what? So far, Mark and Ziggy will for right. That, that's exactly what it is. It's been a coaching and a culture change that's made all the difference. And now you can see Adolfo Mensa still building towards the future while not giving up a competitive season in 2022. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Me too. I am really happy with what the Vikings have done so far. You know, we have bitched and bitched and bitched and bitched and bitched and bitched about this team playing not to lose for years and years and years. If this trade blows up in their face and, and it, it becomes a disaster, I will at least give the Minnesota Vikings credit for playing to win. They're not standing pat. They're wanting to get better, and they are playing to win. And I love it, man. I don't know what we're yelling about! <laughs> <laughs> I love the spirit. I love the passion from you, Ted Glover. You know what TJ stands for? Uh, touchdown Jesus. Touchdown junkie, Ted. Oh, okay. All right. You know, the Vikings, they're 6-1, and one, got the big yeah. trade for Hawkinson. Ryan Poles looks like he's running a meth lab on the south side. Eric, <laughs> <laughs> take, take back the north. Green Bay's looking like they're going to have to go on Wick pretty soon to get some free cheese. <laughs> and the Detroit Lions, they're just dead. They're just dead in an abandoned house somewhere in Detroit. <laughs> happening in the NFC North, my friend? That's what's going on in the NFC North. 6-1 and one and TJ Hawkins is on the roster. All right, that'll about do it for news. Right now, we're moving on to hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team segment. Rules for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team are pretty simple. Drew, Ruby, and I each week are going to pick one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end. Once we pick them, they're done for the year. We can only pick those players one single time. We will not be allowed to pick any of the Thursday night game players at all. And we're using our standard PPR scoring format. So you look at our fantasy teams and you tell us in the comments below or on our website, vikingsreport.com. Ruby will have a section on the website each week for our fantasy team segment and you can put your entry there. If you win, 
you get two pretty cool prizes. Drewster, what are those two cool prizes? A vintage, vintage John Randall jersey and a Vikings plaque. Two really cool prizes. So again, look at our fantasy teams and the comments below on this show. Put in who you think, Team Toonses, Team Ted, Team Drew, either here or go over to vikingsreport.com. You put your entries in there. All right, so Ruby's putting our football teams for the week up on the board. Again, if you want to, you can make your comment down below on our YouTube comment section here, or go over to vikingsreport.com, find the hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team section on vikingsreport.com and make your entries there. It's still wide open. Get your picks in. And Thomas Hendrickson is leading with five wins, but there's a bunch of people on his tail with four. So it's getting really interesting. And if you haven't played yet, you can get in there. There's still a lot of weeks to be played. What, nine or ten football weeks to be played. You can catch up. Ruby has four wins. Ted Glover has two. I won opening week and haven't won since. So that's it for Hashtag Nobody Cares Much Fantasy Team. Next up is our Super Toe Challenge, another contest we're running this year. Ruby! Roll the tape. This is separate from our hashtag nobody cares about fantasy team segment. Just pick a kicker. The one you think is going to score the most points between the kicker, Ruby, Drew, and I pick. And you get that many points. And the person that has the most points at the end of the season wins. And you get points whether you finish first, second, or third. If my kicker gets 20 points, Drew's get 15, and Ruby's get 10, you get that amount of points every week. Some weeks you'll be in third, some weeks you'll win, but whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins the Super Toe Challenge Contest. And we got a couple of cool prizes for the Super Toe Challenge Contest as well, Drew. What are they? We got a set of vintage Fred Cox football cards. Freddie's the greatest kicker we ever had. And the leather Vikings football. So for this, it's again, pretty simple. In the comments below, just pick a kicker between the one Drew, Ruby, and I pick, or on our vikingsreport.com website. You'll have a section there for the Super Toe Challenge entries every week. And if you have the most points at the end of the season, you're our Super Toe Challenge winner. Now, now! I forgot this song. I, I did too. Oh, I didn't pick a kicker. Yeah, okay, so that's the rules for the Super Toe Challenge. Ruby, you were uh, not keeping it classy in San Diego. So why don't you uh, go first and tell us who your kicker is this week? This week, I'm going to take Justin Tucker. Ooh, the goat kicker right there. Yeah, that guy can get 30 every week. Yeah, I'm going to go with all-time Minnesota Vikings great Daniel Carlson, now kicking for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons, Young Ho Koo. Cuckoo, cuckoo. You are the Falcon, cuckoo, cuckoo. So again, just like the hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy segment, you can make your selection for Team Ted, Team Drew, Team Toonses in the YouTube comments section below or go over to vikingsreport.com and put your pick for kicker in there. So that's it for Super Toad Challenge. I, I'm just, I don't know if you're hearing this on the, on the, on the headset or not, but uh, our remote guy, Robert W. Farnsworth, is in, is in our nation's capital. Let's get Robert W. Farnsworth in here. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our Super Bowl contending Minnesota Vikings hop on the Continental Limited to our nation's capital to take on the riverboat gambler Ron Rivera, the club-footed Taylor Heineke, and the 
Ashley and Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Will the Vikings come away from our nation's capital victorious? Or will they come back losers? We'll find out. All right. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate that hit. Six and one, Minnesota Vikings head to actually Maryland, just outside the nation's capital, to face the four and four. Washington, the artist formerly known as Redskins, but now Commanders, led by Ron Rivera and Taylor Heineke. Drew, what are your thoughts? You like Taylor Heineke? You you big Taylor Heineke guy? Were you when he was here? In you know what? He's got that. There's a certain kind of magic. Certain. Remember when Rich Gannon first started with the Vikings? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that skilled? But he moved the ball, and he was exciting to watch, and he came up with big plays, kind of like Minshew. He's got some of that going on. Because when I see him play, it's like a few years ago, he played against Tampa Bay. He almost beat him in the playoff. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. This game kind of generally scares me. It seems like a trap game. Washington is no slouch. All right, so we're putting our big board up. It's our tribute to the old NFL Today show with the Brent Musburger and the late Jimmy the Greek Snyder. We've kind of modified it for our own categories. We start at quarterback, moving all the way down through my favorite category, intangibles. We sort of hit on Taylor Heineke in the quarterback spot first, which is what we always kick our, our preview show off with. So continue along that line of thought. You, so you big Heineke guy, you, you, uh, you, you like Heineke's? Heineke's, do you? <laughs> you big Heineke guy? You a, you a Heineke, Heineke guy or a Heineke. Boone guy? Heineke. <laughs> it's Heineke. You know what? He scares you enough to know that he can win football games. Yeah. But he's not ever considered an elite guy. I would rather face Wentz, the starter, than I would Heineke. I think I kind of would, too. Wentz has gloom. Heineke has a little magic, little Minshew yeah. magic. He seems to yeah. come up with plays at the time. So, yeah, I'm still going to give Cousins my check mark because I trust him more like I did last week against Kyler Murray. Yeah, I like Kirk, but I would not pick Taylor Heineke to be the starting quarterback for the Vikings over Kirk. But I like Taylor Heineke. I mean, the, the guy has that quality that people just, they rally around and they want to do right. well and they, they want to follow and, and they trust him. And like you said, Wentz doesn't give that vibe off and, and Heineke does. And that's a bigger factor than a lot of people, you know, the, the numbers nerds in this day and age want to discount stuff like that. I don't think that's something you can discount. I, I mean, I still give the advantage on, on this category to Minnesota because I think Kirk's developing some of that himself a lot more than he has in years past here with the Vikings. But, but yeah, Heineke's a kid. It's hard not to like him, man, but I'm, I'm going with Kirk. <sighs> running game. What do you got for the running game? Commander's rookie running back, Brian Robinson. You remember him. Very skilled running back. Yeah, he was shot in the preseason, right? I think he was. He was yeah. shot in the preseason. Third rounder out of Alabama. He was a big player in college. He's a great running back. Very skilled guy. Yeah. They have Gibson. They also have J.D. McKissick coming out of the backfield on third down. They have a good group of running backs. But when it comes to chunk plays, Cook and Madison were great last week against they the were. Cardinals. That was a not just a one and a semi-two punch. That was a one-two punch. I love the way Madison runs tough. I'm glad he didn't get traded at the deadline. I still like the Vikings running game a little bit more than the commander. Somebody give the Vikings a check mark, Ted. Yeah, me too. I think when you add in the fact that the Vikings defense is really starting to do well against the run, Washington, I think, is is 24th in the NFL in, in yards given up on the ground, combined with how well both Cook and Madison did behind that ever-emerging and dominant, I can't believe I'm saying this, Minnesota Vikings offensive line. <laughs> um, I, I, and I'm, I'm not being, I'm not making a joke here. They're, I mean, they're becoming a really super 
talented offensive line group. I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings as well. Receiving game. So you know who the two starters right now for the Washington Commanders are? I believe that's McLaurin and Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. It's going to pay me to say this because you know what school these guys went to? Come on, Ted. And and you you might remember Curtis Samuel. He beat Michigan in overtime after JT Barrett's spot was good, ran in for the touchdown. You're kidding, right? Are no, you that's drunk? Curtis Samuel. That's You're Curtis drunk Samuel. right now because no, that was not a first over. You know what? Our two good. teams our two teams are headed for a big clash at the end of the month. We'll save that for later. So, anyways, I think McLaurin has emerged as one of the top wide receivers in the game in his few years in the league. Had a huge, huge catch at the end of the game last week against uh, Indianapolis to get them down to the one to help them win that game late when they were down by two scores late. But when you look at that and now compare that to the Vikings with Justin Jefferson, who I think is the best receiver in the game, a still reliable Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne had a, a magnificent touchdown catch. And now you throw in T.J. Hawkinson where right. tight end is now a strength for the Vikings. How much do you think Hawkinson is going to play? 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 112 snaps? What? <laughs> Usually when the guys move over in one week, they come in for a very limited amount of snaps and just yeah. basic basic plays. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the box score, say, two catches for 17 yards. Yeah. And then ESAT Nation will say, See, I should have got I think that puts me over the top for the check mark as well. I mean, McLaurin is a great, great wide receiver. He is. He really is, yeah. And we know what great wide receivers did in that last game. Hopkins had, what, 12 catches for 100 and he did, a, a yeah. lot of but, – but it didn't win the game for him. Did not. So did not. McLaurin's going to get his yards, but considering all that's involved with the quarterback and everything, and the Vikings have the better receiving core. Like you said, add Hawkinson in there, it's even better. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Vikings on this too. I am going with the Viking receivers to make a difference in this game. All right, offensive line. When your worst offensive lineman is Ed Ingram, who's just a rookie, you got, I think, the best tackle tandem in the NFL, maybe right. the best tackle in the NFL right now in Christian Derrissaw. Garrett Bradbury's playing well. It, it is hard to go against the Vikings on this. I think Washington's tackle tandem is pretty good in uh, Charles Leno and, and Sam Cosme, but they are kind of weak in the middle with, with Tyler yes. Larson and, and Sadiq Charles. The Vikings have a, a, a real advantage they can exploit there, I believe, which is why I'm going to give the, the check mark to the Vikings here. The numbers jump out to me that would indicate that Minnesota is definitely the better pass-blocking team. They've allowed 12 less sacks than the Commanders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have allowed 14 sacks on the season. The Commanders have allowed 26. I know they played an extra game but that really doesn't play into this. The strong part is Leno on the left and Norwell. That's where they're going to be running the ball all day. Yep, Brian Robinson. They're going to be running behind that left side because the left side is way better than the right side, which bodes well for us with Zedarius Smith. Mm -hmm. He should be able to get in there and make some plays. After close evaluation, Ted, I am taking the Vikings and giving them the check mark with the offensive line. I think they're better to a man and they're healthy. What about the defensive line? Let's flip the other side of the ball. Commanders run the 4-3. Tell me what's going on with Chase Young before I pick a check mark. I have not heard whether he's going to definitively play or not this week. He's good, but he hasn't played all year. He's been on IR. So right. I would think if he does play, it would almost be like a Hawkinson situation for the Vikings. It would just be uh, maybe every other series or kind of get him up. Because right. he's coming off an injury, they'll have to get him up the game speed. He can still make a play. I, I think on the field, healthy, Chase Young is probably the best defensive lineman on the field, 100% healthy. I'm not sure that's the case on Sunday, though. Better to play him his first game back than his fourth game back. Yes. Actually, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. 
our tackles will have their hands full with him on one side if he plays. Mm-hmm. And Montez Sweat on the other side, who's a great player in his own his own right. They're really talented in the middle with that Deron Payne, Deron Payne guy. And with Tomlinson hurting, I think with the Tomlinson injury, I'm going to have to give my check mark to the commanders. That's fair. I think the Chase Young injury, I know he's been out all year, that, that's affected them as well because Washington gives up their like 24th the NFL in rushing yards given up. And a lot of that in a 4-3 defense comes off. I like the way the Vikings front seven has been playing these last couple of weeks. I'm going to give the edge here to Minnesota just, just by a little bit, just because of the way they have improved almost from week to week and how they're defending the run. I, I, I think uh, Harrison Phillips is playing some really good football. Jonathan Buller's not bad. And we'll see with Dalvin Tomlinson. Maybe he can get in and, and, and cycle in and out. I, I wouldn't expect him to play, but that's just, that's just me. Who's going to fill in for Tomlinson? Lynch or Tonga? Lynch. I think Lynch probably would get the most of the reps, and I, I think he's played a lot better last three or four weeks. Yeah, I'm going to give the edge a little bit to, to Minnesota. Linebacking core. The Redskins run mostly a, a nickel is, is almost their base. On their depth chart, they're showing three corners and two linebackers, uh, Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb. They're not bad players, but, man, when you got Darius Smith, Daniel Hunter, Kendricks, and, and Jordan Hicks really starting to play a lot better in recent weeks, uh, I'm going to give my edge to the Minnesota Vikings there at that position. You know, Ted, I saw a red flag with the Washington linebacking unit. What was that? They got three middle linebackers in that team, and two were on IR. Yeah. And Cole Holcomb didn't play last week. Being linebacker depleted is not good when you're going to face Dalvin Cook. Yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I really got to give the check mark to the Vikings here. I think for this specific game, I think they get the check mark at linebacker. What about secondary? Didn't Washington just trade away one of their guys today? He was a starter. William Jackson the third gets traded. So they have Fuller and St. Juice at corner now. Yeah. Washington is still, still only giving up 214 passing yards a game. And the Vikings are giving up 275. That's quite yeah. a big difference. I watched them against the Packers, Washington. They got a really physical secondary. Probably more physical than the Vikings. Maybe not better athletes, but they're more physical. They pound people back there. Bobby McLean and Curl at safety. Those guys are really good players. I'm giving Washington the check mark on the secondary. I think Washington is more susceptible to the big play than yeah. the Vikings secondary is. You know, their individual grades aren't really all that great. I mean, it's I think it's a it's a good example of holes better than the sum of the parts kind of thing. I really believe with this Hawkinson addition for the Vikings, and you got Justin Jefferson and, and KJ Osborne, they're gonna be able to find some room. They're gonna be able to to make some money. The Vikings secondary, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards to Kyler Murray last week and, and the Arizona Cardinals, and I get it with DeAndre Hopkins, but Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler both played pretty good football. The Vikings did a very good job of, of pretty much taking away Arizona's ability to run the ball. I think they only had, I think, less than 75 yards rushing and forced Arizona to throw, and Arizona was playing from behind, so yeah, they're going to get a lot of yards, but Patrick Peterson had some great pass breakups. Cam Dantzler was pretty good in coverage. Now, DeAndre Hopkins got his, and the only reason he scored a touchdown is because he made that absolutely ridiculous one-handed catch inside the two-minute warning before halftime. I know the numbers are against it, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my check to the Vikings here. I, I really am. That's showing a lot of faith in the Vikings secondary, something you didn't have a month ago, Ted. I, I did not, I, but yeah. they're, they're coming on. I, I was not sold on them at all. Neither of us were giving check marks to the Vikings the first month of the season. Red zone. Vikings are coming off a five for five performance in the red zone, Ted versus Arizona. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with not only the talent, but it has to do with Kevin O'Connell's great play calling in the red zone. 
It's phenomenal. Especially inside the five. Yeah. He's good in the red zone, but inside the five, he's the best in football. I really believe that. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not an exaggeration. I don't exaggerate often, Ted, but when I do. If I told you once, I told you a million times. Quit exaggerating. It's hard not to favor Minnesota in the red zone. I mean, yeah. look, look at the red zone threats the Vikings have, and then look at Redskins. You have more talent, more weapons down there by the red zone, and a more experienced quarterback. So there's no way you can give anybody else the check mark here except the Vikings. The one thing that concerns me is the Vikings' defense is 32nd in the NFL in red zone efficiency. They're letting teams get between the 20 and the 30. Right. A lot, but when they do let them inside the red zone, they're they're more than likely going to give up a score. That said, I like how the Vikings can use their weapons that they have on offense. And you mentioned Kevin O'Connell's play calling. Even with that terrible red zone defense, I'm I'm going to give the edge here to the to the Vikings. <sighs> Special teams. You know the the kickoff coverage is good. The punt return coverage is good. The punt returns are good. The kick returns are good. I'm kind of getting a little bit worried about Greg Joseph, and it's not for the fact that he's missed another 50-yard-plus field goal last week. He's missed an extra point now three straight weeks, and and that is kind of becoming a concern to me. Is that a concern to you? Yes, it is a concern, and I think, you know, remember he, when he went to London, he had that bounce-back game, mm-hmm. but uh, this I'm kind of expecting him to have a really solid game. Okay. From week to week, I don't know what we're going to get with Joseph, but I think he's going to have a good game. Joey Sly versus Greg Joseph isn't really going to sell tickets on pay-per-view, but uh, <laughs> the Vikings special teams are ranked number 12. The commanders are ranked number 21, according to my paperwork, and Wang Wu is still due. We're waiting for Wang Chung to take one to the hee Checkmark Vikings on the special team. All right, you convinced me, Checkmark Vikings, but uh, Greg Joseph better start making extra points in field goal. All right, coaching. NFL royalty here on the commander's sideline at Ron Rivera. I mean, right. guy's been a very successful coach. Took the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl a few years back. Played on some great Chicago Bears teams back in the day. Ron Rivera has been around the block, and he's actually, for as thankless a situation as he was given in Washington, he's doing a, a pretty decent job. He is. Longevity, though, doesn't matter in terms of what have you done for me lately. Kevin O'Connell has started his career 6-1. and one. He showed last week what a creative play caller he can be down on the goal line. We've talked about it. He figures out what the Vikings need to do to win. Now, there are some things the Vikings can do better. They're by no means a complete team, so don't take this the wrong way. They've got to be more consistent on offense. They've got to be better getting off the field on defense. But I'll tell you what, when it comes down to those critical handful of plays that you talk about so often and you're so right about, the Vikings are making them under Kevin O'Connell. They are. I'm going to ride Kevin O'Connell as my coach until he proves me otherwise. I'm going with O'Connell over Ron Rivera here. I am in a little bit of a disagreement with you here because if you factor in Rivera, who's a very, very good football coach. He is. Very good. Yes. Very experienced. Ton of experience. Not scared to take chances. And then you factor in the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. He's a very good football coach in his own right, especially coaching defense. Mm -hmm. Just on the experience factor and the fact that something I'll get into in my summary a little bit. I think I'm going to give them the check mark just because O'Connell, his only trip in the NFC North to an away stadium did not go well until he proves it to me. I got to give Ron Rivera and the Washington staff the check mark for coaching. Well, that's that's a very fair point. Finally, intangibles. What do you got for intangibles, Drew? Home and momentum. That's what these games, remember the old games at RFK? Yeah. Tough place to win. Will Washington be able to thrive in that? My biggest intangible is this, Ted. 
I mentioned Rivera just now. He doesn't make a lot of bonehead, stupid-ass clock management or anything else mistakes. He doesn't. The Vikings have been fortunate enough to face coaches that have made some very, very bad decisions. McDaniel in that Dolphins game? Come on, dude. Eberflus made mistakes. Dan Campbell is an idiot. We saw what Kingsbury did last Sunday with the Cardinals. A couple of really hideous, horrible calls that guy made. He did. You're right. Ron Rivera isn't that guy. For that reason, I got to give Washington the intangibles on it. Very legitimate. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, and I've got two numbers I'm going to give you. Turnover margin. The Minnesota Vikings are plus six in turnover. Washington Commanders are minus four. That is a huge difference. The Vikings are, I think, third or fourth in the NFL in turnover margin. Washington is, is close to the bottom. Turnovers matter, especially when you're playing on the road in a hostile environment, and you've got a coach as, as good as Ron Rivera, as, as you just described. Vikings are also ninth in points scored in the NFL. Washington Commanders are 27th. You know, one of the reasons I took the Vikings in, in the red zone, even though they have the 32nd-ranked defense, is because Washington has trouble scoring points. They can move the ball pretty well at times, but when it comes right down to it, they're not closing the deal like most kids do on prom night, and they, they turn the ball over when, when they absolutely cannot turn the ball over. And I think the Minnesota Vikings will be able to take advantage of that, of those two things. And I shouldn't be giving the Vikings the intangibles here because it's an outdoor game. It's on grass. The Vikings stink outside on grass. That should go in Washington's favor. And I think this Hawkinson trade has given the Vikings some juice, some some shot in the locker room where the players are like, okay, they absolutely believe in us. They, they 100% believe in us, and they are giving us tools to go out and win. Let's go do it. So give the check mark to the Vikings. I'm jumping in with this team, man. What do you got for the summary for this game, Dad? How do you think it's going to play out? I'm going to call this right now. TJ Hawkinson is going to score his first touchdown as a Minnesota Viking with 47 seconds left, and he's going to give the Vikings a win. We'll call it 27-20 Vikes. This is going to be a dogfight game, Ted. It is. It absolutely is. It ain't going to be – ain't no walk in the park. They did allow 135 yards on the ground of the Colts last week. And if Madison and Cook get 135-plus, the Vikings are in pretty good shape to win the game. Game really scares me. Seems like a little bit of a trap game. But I do think Cousins wants to stick it to his old team. He's going to be really focused and dialed in, I think. The Vikings, I'm starting to believe in this close-the-game magic that they have. Not blowing the game at the end, but winning the game. I'm starting to – I'm pretty much – I'm falling into that – drinking the reverence juice or whatever, but I'm kind of becoming a believer that the Vikings figure out a way to win rather than figure out a way to lose. I got the Vikings, Ted, in a close game. I got them 24-19. to Okay. It's going to be tight all the way down, though. The Redskins, people are thinking, oh, Redskins, we're moved to 7-1. and It's not that easy. They're a good team. What? The Commanders, not the Redskins. The Commanders. Oh, the Commanders. <laughs> so that's a preview. We both got the Vikes winning, moving to uh, what would be 7-1 and one if they won, wouldn't it? Wow. Yeah. That's wild. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Juicer's Millions. We're going to come back with Trivia. We're going to wrap the show up right after this. Power. Precision. Elegance. Sometimes the luxurious things in life are... Hey, what are you doing? Get out of here! Get out of here, you dumb dancers! I've told them a hundred times they can't dance in here. Bunch of dirty dancers. There's nothing that gets me more ticked off as a bunch of dirty, irresponsible dancers dancing in front of my Dodge Durango.
Welcome to Toons' Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toons. How are you? I'm good. Drew? Hey, Toons. How are you doing? I am great. Are you ready for trivia? <laughs> you did that on purpose, <laughs> loser. All right. In honor of Anchorman, we have Will Ferrell movies. Names that would have been better than Commanders and Commanders <laughs> players. These are all picture puzzles. Oh, yes! Dad. This is a treat right here, Ted. All right. You are Team Ron, and I am Team Veronica. You should be Team Smelly Pirate Hooker. <laughs> or Scorpion Woman. <laughs> okay. These movies, Will Ferrell could have been the star, but he also could have just been a secondary person. So. Okay. All right. For 100, name the movie. Step Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is good for 100. All right. For 200, name the movie. Something ER. Zoolander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is correct. All right. For 300, name the movie. Oh, my God. Is that, is that Johnny Wad? So that's Holmes and Watson. <laughs> what? That is correct. Holmes and Watson. Is that Greg Brady standing next to the adult movie thing? No, that's John Holmes, I think. Oh! You, that was John. Yeah, that was John Holmes and Emma Watson. <laughs> I like right. Emma Watson. All right, you swept that category now. Names that would have been better than Commanders. <laughs> this is just my personal opinion, folks. <laughs> Disclaimer. Name the name that would have been better. Maroon Skins. <laughs> Close. Maroon. Maroon. Dermis. <laughs> Maroon 5. That's good enough. The Maroon Epidermis. Maroon. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Maroon Epidermis. Okay, for 200, names that would have been better than the commanders. Name the name. Um, wine. Wine. Wine skin. Wine. Rossi, oh wait, burgundy, burgundy towel skinnings. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't no? know. I don't either. What is it? Do I get the points? Yeah, I think so. Burgundy body covering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get that. And three hundred. What name would have been better than the Commanders? The Washington Potato Skins. Washington Redskins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It would have been better if they had just kept their name. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that's tremendous. All right. It is 1,000 to 200. I don't think I can catch up, but we'll see here. Name the player. Ted. Sam. What was her name, Ted? Oh, it's not Diane. Diane? No, that was the first one. Oh, man. Sam Cowell. They have a guy Sam. Sam. Close, Drew. Sam. They have a guy named Sam Cowell. Sam Sam Harrell. Sam. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, too. it's so close. Sam Howell. Howell. Oh, you get the point. I get the points for that one. All right. For 200, name the player. Who's the guy on the left, Ted? No idea. Come on. Is that is that Huggy from Starsky and Hutch? Antonio Vargas? Who's, who's the dude on the left? I, it's gonna, I, I've seen the, I've seen the picture before. It's driving me nuts. I don't know. You know what it is? It's Joey Sly. <laughs> yes. 
It's Joey Sly because that's Sly the Family Stone. All right. <laughs> you guys got that one. Last one for 300. <laughs> Name the player. Matt Mayonnaise. No, David. That's Hasselhoff. So that'd be David. <laughs> or would it be Knight Rider? I don't know. David uh, Spreader. I, I don't know. David Mayo. Mayo. <laughs> oh, that David yes! Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How did we miss that, Ted? David Mayo. Thank you for playing, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Ruby. Tremendous job on trivia once again. All right, that'll about do it for episode 78, I believe. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're just honored and, and tickled to death that you guys chose to make us part of your sources or one of your sources for Vikings news, information, entertainment. We'll be live after the, the Vikings commanders game on Sunday. Just thanks for making me smarter every week about the NFL and the Vikings and the Vikings opponent and everything else and making me laugh and making my sides hurt. We'll try to do better the next time, buddy. Take us home. Ted. Thanks again for the great effort, the great passion that you bring as a Viking fan. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for supporting our show. It really means a lot. Can't wait to see you live after the Commander's battle we have with them. And uh, we'll be giving away a prize, and it would be good to see you. And in closing, I can say, stay classy, Vikings friends. <laughs> I'm Drew Burgundy. <laughs> say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted? How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Hmm? Maybe don't wear a bra next time. No, I was talking to you. No, not her. I don't know her name. Mm, I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. You're watching Channel 4 News with five-time Emmy Award-winning anchor Ron Burgundy and Tits McGee. Good evening, San Diego. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Tits McGee is on vacation.